Hi, welcome to East to West WLS, the podcast. I'm April and I'm the West and there's no Jason today, the East, but for very good reason. I am joined today, you guys, by four of my closest girlfriends. Hi, friends. Hi. Hi. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm so excited that you guys have, have joined me today. Uh, Jason bowed out because he's a very intelligent man. He knows that when uh, 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 one of his girlfriends gets together with their girlfriends, it's better that he's just not there. So even though we all love and love and enjoy uh, Jason, I'm very much excited to just be able to talk to you guys today because I know our conversation is going to be a little bit different because it's just us. And we do this all the time. We often join on Zoom and just like go through life together. So Thank you for joining me. And the fact that we got all of us together on one day, the only reason that happened is because we're in the middle of a pandemic and we're all working from home. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. Thank you, thank you, thank you ladies for, for joining me today. Before we dive in, I just wanna let our listeners and our watchers and our followers know that if listening to a podcast is not your favorite way to learn and grow, we post this on YouTube. And let me tell you, we are all adorable and we are very animated when we talk. So if you would like to watch us, I highly recommend that you check out our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube, type in East, the number two, West underscore WLS, and our amazing YouTube channel will pop up and you can you can see us. So definitely know that, that, that you can watch there. So, okay. Before we really dive into our topic today, which is basically how our friends can help us through our weight loss surgery journey, I want to introduce everybody to you lovely ladies. So I'm just going to call on you one by one, but let us know just kind of like what your name is, where you live, how old you are, if you're comfortable sharing that, um, what you do to like pay for your homes, right? To, to write that mortgage check every month, and then let people know when and how we met. And I think uh, you guys listening and watching are going to be a little bit shocked because because two of these ladies I've known basically my entire life. So I'm just gonna, I'm gonna just go by my screen. So Steph, you're up first. Uh, hi, my name is Steph. Uh, I live in Olympia, Washington. I work with April actually uh, as a teacher for an online school. I teach high school sciences. And uh, when did I meet April? Um, I met April my, or our, I guess, we're the same age, uh, our sophomore year of college. Uh, when I randomly got assigned her door basically to knock on and ask if she had a spare bed uh, for uh, dorm living uh, as I was needing to move. Uh, so I knocked on her door and she basically recommended uh, a friend across the hall. And so I lived across the hall from her. And then the next year uh, we sort of became friends and then we lived together for three years, four years. I don't know. April was in college for a really long time. So I lose track um, of how, how long that actually was, but it felt like an eternity. So uh, there were, yeah, lots of good times. And, um, you know, we spent basically every living moment together during the school year. We did. Yes. Yep. Steph, um, one of my most fondest memories is you probably threatening to murder me because actually Kristen and I were knee deep in a phase 10 tournament that I ended up skipping a final for. And you were very upset at us because you had a biology final the next day. Yeah, that 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 was a momentous occasion in our relationship. Yeah, it was it was a turning point for sure. Our priorities were a little bit different, but now they've they've realigned again, I feel like. <laughs> oh my god g8 for life dude our off-campus apartment was the ish that's all I got it was a good party spot yeah it was it was a good party spot okay well thank you friend for that lovely introduction uh miss jules you're up next 
my name is Julie and I will be 40 in a few days. We were actually just talking about being 40. Mm-hmm. Um, I live in Bonnie Lake, Washington. Um, I am a teacher. I teach up here in Bonnie Lake. Um, April and I have known each other. April's kind of my forever friend. Um, I taught April how to walk. That is the claim to fame. <laughs> I mean, her mom just reminded me of it the other day. Um, <laughs> text her thing. Um, so April and I went to preschool together. Our parents went to high school together and then reconnected at a random preschool in Des Moines. And we've kind of just been friends forever since then. Um, we moved, She, they built a house, lots of different life has happened. And she's just kind of one of those go-to, like I said, forever friend is probably the best way to describe her. Um, and all these ladies, honestly, in this Zoom call um, have become huge, wonderful people in my life too. So um, yeah. Uh, that is an absolutely true story. <laughs> Julie absolutely taught me how to walk. I showed up my first day of preschool. I was the first child, the first grandchild. And if you can imagine, I was kind of carried around on clouds for my entire um, first 18 months of my life and never needed to learn to walk. I mean, why would you when everybody carries you around? And uh, I showed up to preschool and Julie was there and Julie was walking and she was r- walking and like crawling up this play structure with a slide. And I was sitting there on my ass just thinking like, oh, this would be fun. Like how, why can I not do that? And Julie literally came over to me at 18 months old and like taught me, encouraged me to like stand up and like showed me, taught me how to walk. That was literally how we became friends. So thanks for that. I appreciate that. You're upright because of me. Oh my God. Oh my God. I love it. Okay. Yes. Forever friends. That is the absolute way to describe it. And you and I, Julie and I's friendship has been like the, the ocean waves. We go months sometimes without talking. There were years when we were just not as close as we were, but our friendship continues to ebb and flow back into each other. And it's one of the, all of my friendships with you ladies is the the highlight of my life. So yeah, forever friend. I love it. All right. Jeaners, greener beaners. You're up next. Oh, hi guys. Uh, I'm Tally. Uh, I've known April basically my whole life. We met in pre or kindergarten. So not too far after. I mean, mm-hmm. you were walking then. So that was good. Um, <laughs> I didn't need to teach you that. I mean, I, we might, you might've taught me a few things about tetherball at that point in time, but you know, go from there. Um, I'm a wedding and event planner out of the Lake Taps, Sumner, Tacoma area. And yeah, I guess that's the general gist of yeah, and I'm like, and like all this, like that's the best part is like, yeah, we've known each other our whole lives, and so it like yeah. it, you can kind of it's the same thing. Like, hi, I haven't seen you, and then we'll talk for like four hours, and then yeah, it won't be like anything past, and then kind of go from there. That's just how no. it is. Yeah. Oh my god, it's amazing. Uh, if I post something on Facebook or Instagram randomly. Callie will be the first one that messaged me and she'll be like, oh my God, that so reminds me of this 24 years ago. Or she'll say something like, do you know that you've been doing that forever? And it's like, holy shit. You only get that when you know people like uh, for your entire life. And Callie and I, on the very first day of kindergarten, you came up to me and for some reason we were just drawn to each other and we became bluebird friends instantly. Yes. We swapped, we swapped our little earrings. I think like our very first day of kindergarten and we, yeah, we've been friends ever since then. I mean, yeah. And Callie, Callie and Julie, especially were at our house all the time growing up when we were little, little, I mean, it's just like your yeah. sisters, you guys are sisters with my sister. I really, I mean, there's just no, there's no separating it. When Julie and I, Julie and I went to um, Europe as a, uh, it was our like graduation 
thing. Yeah. Yes. Yep. And we were so hoping Callie could join us and you couldn't, uh, but Callie ended up cramming herself in the box that our suitcase came in. And we were thinking about just taping her shut and like sending her as cargo, but it didn't, it didn't work out that way. <laughs> it didn't work out. It's all right. Well, we can still do it. <laughs> we can. Post-COVID. We need a repeat. Oh my God. Couple years. I love it. <laughs> okay. Last and certainly not least, K10, you're up. Hi, I'm Kristen. Um, I live in South Seattle. Um, I am, um, I work for King County in a legal department there. Um, I am the youngest of the group. That's what I will say. <laughs> I am also, I have known April the least amount of time. So it's kind of fitting that I, you know, pull up the rear on this. Um, <laughs> So youngest, least amount of time. I mean, winning. Hello. Um, so, but anyways, April and I met my sophomore year and I don't know if that was April's like junior times two year or like, I, I don't know. So I don't really I know what year it was because I felt like she was a freshman yet. I felt like she should have been graduated by then too. And I mean, I left, I left college before she did is all I got. <laughs> and I'm younger than her. Remember that. So any hoosies. Um, so yes, she was my boss and, um, I invited her over to a party at my house and, you know, the gin and tonics came out and the rest is history. So that's how oh, I know her. This is why I love hate you. Oh my God. Yeah. That night, oh, we were, I was your boss and for some reason, well, I mean, there, I know why, because you're a very vivacious outgoing personality and we, we connected on that level. And then I think we discovered we both love a drink that almost nobody loved in college, which was gin and tonics. And I decided to bring a bottle of Tangeray 10 to your house. Uh, when you, the very first time you invited me to come be social with you outside of work. And it was very fun, but I do believe I ended up on somebody's staircase puking my yes. hair. Out. Yeah, and you were right beside me holding my hair back. And as I was vomiting and saying, I think I'm throwing up my lungs, you were holding my hair back and saying, No, no, that's not your lungs. If they were, you you couldn't breathe. And I was like, Oh, you're so smart. And then we became friends. <laughs> I love it. Oh my God. But I do, I also do want to echo Jules' statement is that, you know, one of my favorite things about becoming friends with April is this group. So this is, you know, yeah. this is very special that we've all met her in, you know, little different avenues. Um, mm -hmm. But we are, we all feel connected and safe with each other. So thank you for that, April. Yes, I was really reflecting on that this morning. It is amazing that, you know, when I look at my Zoom screen right now, we all met, I all met you at different times independently, right? Like I didn't know, none of us knew each other and I didn't know any of you really at, at the same time until I grew older. But I'm amazed at how, all of us have come together and formed this like squad. And it's just so impressive because it just doesn't happen often in life. And, and I think that's why I'm so excited to talk to you guys today about this experience because the more ingratiated or the more entrenched I become in the weight loss surgery community, the more I learn that people, women especially, don't have this. They don't have this level of support. And the only reason that I'm successful is because you guys were there with me in my corner. You were there, you know, before in my heaviest, you were there when I, you know, obviously when I told you, you were there, you know, after surgery and you continue to be there for me. And it's such a huge transition to go from before surgery to after surgery. If you don't have people in your corner, your chances of finding success diminish. And it's so important that if we don't already have what I have built into my life, 
that we make that we make these connections and, and we find these people, you know, along our journey because we just don't get through it uh, alone. So I, again, I thank you guys for joining me today. I know that the questions that are coming up can be a little bit heavy. They can be a little bit, um, deep, maybe sometimes uncomfortable, but if I know anything about my friendship with all of you as a, as a unit and as individuals, deep conversations are never off the table. In fact, deep conversations are usually where, where we, we start. So I, I appreciate you being open and honest and, and being okay with me asking these questions and asking me questions that can be uncomfortable. But I know that by having this conversation, we're going to help, we're, we're going to help somebody in this community. We're going to help people seek and create the support that, that they need to, to find success after, after surgery. So, okay. Are you guys ready to dive in? All right, let's do it. All right. The first topic or the first big area that, that I want to talk to you guys about is, is the before. So everything that kind of led up to led up to weight loss surgery. So the first kind of big question I want to ask you guys is how, how did you see me before surgery? I know that we've kind of touched on this a little bit with you guys because you've all said like, when you see my before and after pictures, you just say like, I didn't see you like that before, but clearly that, that, that was what, what I look like. So, so how did you guys see me before weight loss surgery? <laughs> Everybody's like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, that's a really interesting question. Cause that was the question that got brought up, um, before and everyone uh, like, you know, people like that know me, that know you, that we're multiple friends with. And people are like, Oh my gosh, April looks so amazing. And I was like, yeah, but like, I never, ever saw you as big. Like I never saw, like, I never looked at you and I would never, I always was like, she's so beautiful. She has the best style. Like, I just love her as the person she is. Like, I literally never saw that. Um, and you know, that was, that was a big thing. And I think the after, I know we're going to get to that, but like, that was the first time I saw a difference is like those two side-by-sides. Cause I never really ever saw you as, you know, as a bigger person. Like I just didn't. And I think that, that you never talked about weight, at least, you know, you weren't forthcoming. You were always the person that would get in a bathing suit without any, like, there was never a quite like go swimming. Let's go swimming. Like there's not, mm -hmm. we're like, I've always been self-conscious. I'm like, Oh, I don't want to get, you know, but like, that was one of my favorite things is like, I'm like, April gets out there. Okay. I'll, I'm gonna do it too. So like, I think that you never made your weight a consistent issue on the forefront. Yes. Of course there was some, you know, health bearing things and like, you know, all those things that you, you know, maybe wanted to do, but in the real reality, I don't think that like we ever, at least personally, I never saw your, I never saw you as a before, I guess. Yeah. And that, that's a consistent theme that, that I've noticed in conversations with mm -hmm. you guys and that definitely come up in the weight loss community. People always say like, well, nobody ever, you know, saw me as that old size. And what a, what a blessing because people aren't judging you or people aren't reflecting on you and what you look like. They're, they, they love you because of who you are as a person, right? And, and what you mm -hmm. bring into that relationship. Yeah. Um, and it's a catch 22, right? Because it's like, well, you might not want to have those conversations with your friend because you're worried about their size, but at the same time, you see them doing everything that you want to do. So it's like, well, I guess this just isn't a big deal. This isn't, you know, this isn't something that needs to be addressed, but it might be because they're really unhealthy and something is not, something is not right. So how do you justify that? Yeah, Steph. I guess I wouldn't have ever thought you were unhealthy. I mean, in, in all the time that I spent together with you, we were the same person. 
we just looked physically different, right? And, and again, I guess it's hard without seeing the after, you really don't think about the before. I mean, having spent and lived with you, we minus the obscene amount of mayonnaise that you, <laughs> which is, I mean, a concern for another day, but you know, I mean, we ate the same foods. We drank the same drinks. We did the same things, right? You went out and played tennis with me. You went out and, so, I mean, it, it just, yeah, I guess I wouldn't have ever said that I would have thought that you were unhealthy. I mean, I guess yeah. I would have, you know, if someone had asked, I would have, I guess, poor luck of the draw in genes. I mean, what separates you from me? I, I honestly have no idea, right? Genetics, I guess, because you, we are one in the same, I still, to this day, I mean, now you eat a lot less than I do, but <laughs> right. Like the stuff that we eat is the same, it, you know, sure. Sometimes we eat junky and sometimes we eat healthy. It, that's just yes. life. Yes. Yeah. You bring up such a good, such a good point. I totally forgot about that. You and I were tennis fanatics in college. I mean, and, and well, all of us. We, and right at the lake, right. It's not that we, you, I would never have said you weren't active by no means. No. Right? So, I mean, I, I don't know, like, I, I just, I guess when you, I heard you say that word unhealthy and I guess I wouldn't have said that you were unhealthy before, mm -hmm. um, before the surgery, but. Yeah. And I, not I agree with you. So no, I, I was healthy. I was very fit. I was very active. I mean, oh my God, Kristen, think about all the Seahawks 5Ks that we did. Think about all of the shit that we did that was like super active and strenuous. We we all did it together. But as you so eloquently pointed out, Steph, yeah, I mean, it's just the luck of the draw. My my body did not want to do the same thing with what I was consuming uh, as as your body did does. Kristen, what were you gonna say? I, I want to go back to, to what Callie had said about people reaching out to us or like to, you know, and saying like, oh my God, April looks so great. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Like, I mean, I get it. Yeah, you do look great. You've put in a lot of work, but it's like, okay, but you look at your mind and, you know, like your fashion and, you know, your house and your, your love for others. And it's, it's not always just about, you know, what you look like, but, but now all of a sudden it seems like there's all this attention on what you look like. And, and now that Callie pointed that out, so I don't really know how to respond to that because yeah, I see it, but I also see so much more of you, you know, like yeah. I see, I see it deeper in you than, than what you post and what you look like in your photos. And, um, so yeah, so that, that triggered something that, um, that I didn't think about. And then I do also want to say, I have been kind of reflecting on this. And when you talk about the, you know, the before the weight loss surgery, it's easy now to see it because it's later on, but you know, mm -hmm. April and I, we do travel a lot. We travel a lot with our husbands together. Um, we've taken lots of plane rides. We've had to get rental cars and hotel rooms and Airbnbs. And I guess I never really thought about it, but I never, I guess I knew that we could never get a compact car. I just knew that. I knew that April wasn't super comfortable in the airline seats. I knew that you know, but I never said it to her, right? Like I never like expressed like, oh gosh, you know, like we can't get a compact car. We need to get a bigger car. But it was like, oh, we have all this luggage. It's for adults. Like we can afford a, you know, more luxury. So why don't we do it? But now looking back at it, there was something subliminal with me or subconsciously that I knew what we had to do to make sure that we were all comfortable. And, and so, and so that's kind of what I've been reflecting on too, is those things. And, um, and I think that when you, when you 
when you ask us like, you know, what can we do to help others? And I think that's, you know, what the point of this is, is be open with your friends and let them know so that we aren't all wondering and make sure that you're comfortable. If, you know, even if you're a size zero and you still feel like, you know, like you can't fit in this certain box or whatever, let people know, like, you know, and, and why not? If you're going to have these intimate moments with people, then, then I think you should let it all out. Does that make sense? Yes. Oh my God. Yes. And, and, and we, we recently had a conversation. Um, I think it was with Wendy or it was with some other people in, in the community and Jason had said that he had recently had a conversation with, with a friend and the friend said exactly what you did. Like, well, I mean, I never, I guess, thought about it, but I was always making decisions based on your size so that we could all do things together. And it was such like a, oh my God moment, because you just don't realize the impact that your weight has on others consciously or, or, or unconsciously. And when you have people in your corner, when you have people in your life that really love you for you, they're going to make those tweaks without, like you said, without even like really thinking about it. I mean, it's now that you're at, you're on the other side of it, you're like, oh yeah, I guess that was a part of it, but it wasn't the number one reason, but you're so, you, 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 you want to be so loving to your friends that you love them in ways that sometimes aren't healthy. Right. Because if you and I would have had that conversation years ago, maybe I would have made the decision to have weight loss surgery earlier. Maybe I would have made the decision to do something differently. I, I, I don't know. I'm only Monday morning quarterbacking. And based on what I know about myself now, I probably wouldn't have done anything different, but maybe I would have. I don't know. I don't know. It, it's just, yeah. It's, and I don't know if, if knowing that, that that could have impacted you that much, I don't know if I still could have even said it to you. Agreed. That would, it would feel like a really like, awkward conversation. Yeah. I mean, like, it's the same thing. I, I don't go around telling Kristen what to do with her body or her life. It's your body, your choice. Right. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess, I mean, I knew that weight had been a struggle only because, right, we'd seen you do uh, other weight loss programs, whether that oh, be, God. I don't know if we're allowed to say what they were. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Weight Watchers 3010. 30, 30, 30, <laughs> that was honestly the worst because it, it was literally like, that was the most restrictive, right? Whereas, mm -hmm. yeah, like we just, we couldn't go out to eat and do like so much of your social life is apparently eating. Uh, I didn't know that pre-quarantine. <laughs> or pre weight loss surgery for you, right? I mean, you don't realize how much of your life is, is doing that with people. So, I mean, I, that part sucked, of, you know, you going through those battles and those felt really isolating because you had to eat certain food. I remember going over for dinner one time and I, I don't remember what packet of food you tore open, <laughs> you know, and that was dinner. And I don't care, I can eat pretty much anything, right? Like I think it ended up being like some tuna on salad okay, like a protein and, and some greens. That's great. You know, but yeah, it was just really restrictive, right? If I think I felt like that was isolating for you as opposed to this being more freeing. And I mean, you can still live your life. And I don't know, it just feels like a, I, I initially thought it was a really big thing, like last resort, like, isn't this what people do as, as their last resort? But now I feel like afterwards, I've sort of, I mean, seeing it all, maybe this isn't, this isn't a last resort. This is I mean, sure, diets work for some people or lifestyle changes work for some people, not diets. That's not a good word. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I wouldn't have thought this was 
a lifestyle change. I thought it was a life, uh, a last resort. And now my perspective has changed. That's a really good point. And especially from you guys, because all of you have seen me attempt everything under the sun to live at a healthy weight. You guys have seen juicing, keto, fasting, 3010, Weight Watchers, Jenny Craig, meal delivery, right? You mm -hmm. name it. And you guys were all there to go like, okay, you're, this is crazy. Like what you said, yeah. Opening a packet of food at like a dinner party and being like, well, you guys enjoy this. I'm going to have my sloppy Joe Insta hot meal. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff too. Real good food. And there's no way to live, right? I mean, it's not that's sustainable. No. Well, oh, God, no. This thing is the sustainability. I know for me, April, like, I, you're, like, the coolest person I know. Like, truly, like, I'm not being, like, I sound really lame right now, but you really are. Like, you're just someone who's always pulled me out of, of me. Mm. And, got, like, where I'm getting in my way, you push me to get out of my way. And so for me, like I, because I've grown with you, I agree. I mean, it resonates the things everyone else is saying. Cause I'm like, no, I've grown with you. I've ebbed and flowed in my own weight with you. I've, you know what I mean? Like we've had our own dialogue and conversations and shared amazing meals. And I, cause I think that's the, that's where this gets really messy is that we, we, in our, in our culture, I don't know if that's the right word. Like we associate food with family and fun. And I think those are good things we should sitting down at a table, there's nothing better than sitting down with someone, sitting across from someone at a table. Like, and you, your family taught me that. You, not that my family didn't do that, but it, in a totally different way, your hospitality, how you present things, mm -hmm. your, your presentation, your, the, the attention to detail. So I think for me, I never really, I never really noticed it because you were always pushing me to be better. You were always pushing me to okay, do it scared kind of a thing. Like, that's kind of how I think when I think of you, I think about do it scared. Something I say to my kids now, do it scared. Because there's been plenty of things in my life that you've said, do it scared. Whether it's something stupid, like getting on a, you know, on water skis or whatever, it doesn't matter what it is. Mm -hmm. You were always that person. And so for me, I feel like I've just ebbed and flowed with, with your process and your season. And I agree with Steph that it's like, I feel like the weight loss surgery we have this, there's a little bit of a stigma with, it. I know several people have had it mm -hmm. now and there's some, some pretty big stigmas and I'm like, this isn't a last resort thing. And maybe that's where we need to shift. And as far as those genetics and some of those other things, I'm like, yeah, those are factors. Like those are factors. I've seen stuff eat. I'm being nice, but I'm just saying like, I, like those are real factors. And so it's like, well, how do you how does one make that decision and what does that really look like? So for me, it was just, I've ebbed and flowed with you in it. So yeah, I probably yeah. didn't notice it as much kind of like Callie, where it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like I see now I'm like, oh my God, you know, <laughs> like you just, the difference is crazy, but you, because there's that ebb and flow and yeah. because you're such a lover in that you give the best hugs, you, you throw the best party. Like, it, <laughs> I don't know. It's like, I don't know. So for me, I feel like I just kind of have ebbed and flowed in it with you. And so yeah. to see that, I will say 3010 was probably the hardest. Yeah. Um, oh. Brought all her food to my house. <laughs> no, so I did. Very interesting experience. Because she, that. Because she had to clear oh. out her entire cupboards. And oh my God. I had kids. And so she was like, perfect. You have kids. And I'm like, okay, whatever. I didn't even think anything of it. But some of the stuff that came, I was like, oh. 
okay, this is very, it was a very interesting, it was, I know it was a weird experience for her. Cause she's like literally backed her car up to my back door yeah. <laughs> and like unloaded her entire Subaru. I mean, I've we never in my life seen that much food in my life. We all know what April's cupboards and but it was fridges look like. I mean, I was like. Yeah. Crap, there's some cool stuff in here. <laughs> right? Hopefully some celebration that's expired by five years. <laughs> right? But you ain't getting none of her mayonnaise. You are not getting none of her mayonnaise. No, no, oh. no, 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 you'll, I, you'll so know. For, That was an interesting experience on, because that was, that was a part of your process. And so then to what mm-hmm. my kids were a part of that, like, hey, April's here unloading her car. Why is she unloading her car, mom? I'm like, well, yeah. she's, she's going on a diet. Well, what are you, <laughs> you know, like I kind of had to work through that a little bit with my own children, my girls. And so. Well, especially anyway. when your when your friend shows up with a Subaru Outback at the time legit. That, was, that legit was packed to the gills. I yeah. had to force my trunk to close, and that was the excess food that was in my house. Yeah, which is a little bit insane. And and when you go through a process like that, all of a sudden it was a little bit like, um, oh my god, I, I'm I'm letting somebody in on something that you don't, don't think is so intimate that holy shit, when you have to clean out your house of all of the food that you are no longer able to eat and the excess food fits yeah. an entire fucking SUV. Yeah. Right there, there, there's an aha moment like, oh, okay. Yeah. This is probably not a healthy, th- this is not healthy because what I brought to your house, Julie, was just what Grady and I were eating and you had a house of five humans. Yeah. five humans yeah. and my food fed your family for like months i probably still have something in the cupboard <laughs> you probably still do i absolutely a lot of it was like like very nicely and i remember very distinctly like knowing you enough to know i needed to make sure that it was safe for you to do that yeah. and i remember not unloading it not going through a ton of it just bring it in my house and i'll do whatever and i threw some i threw stuff away i mean of it's course not like you it, did you know, the stuff is right. Half the stuff is probably expired. Yeah. Well, I knew I had to honor you in it. I knew I just had to, this needs to be a safe space that you can dump all your shit mm-hmm. and leave it here and whatever, and never look back and never look back. And I hope you didn't, you know, and I know you didn't because you 3010 for everything. It's not, it was a process and it got you here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but it was such a, like, I just remember feeling so vulnerable for you. Just feeling like I had to like cover you, like, just bring it inside it's fine just set it on the table i'll deal with it later <laughs> but totally like not knowing what to do so i never ever thought about it from that perspective that yeah. is eye-opening that is so because it is very true that's exactly what i was doing without without and that was exactly what i needed without having to speak those words to you yeah steph how do you think so this is more of like i guess i just like again because i would have thought that we we still eat the same do you think your pantry now is different than your well whatever it was a pantry slash cupboards then i mean like because when when you describe it to me it sounds like america right i mean costco bulk buying food (laughs) i have a family of five but i mean i have tiny ones and i know they're not the ones eating all the stuff i mean if i had to do the same thing now i'd probably be embarrassed of like the stuff that i'm digging out like i didn't even know we had that (laughs) i mean i think in in some of that like I think some of it is just, I don't know if it's human nature or American uh, consumerism and culture, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. But I mean, I'm curious to see, what do you think is the difference then with 
you know, because I mean, we still I go over to your house, you know, and we have had meals and they are normal meals of, again, are they the healthiest of meals? Not always. Right. Mm -hmm. Sure. Are there all food groups represented? Yes. But I mean, right. I wouldn't say I'd walk into your cupboard and there would be, I don't know, but I would consider like crunchy foods, like diety foods or low carb or, you know, that kind of stuff. So then what's the difference between, I mean, I'm sure there's probably still some Cheetos in there. I, no, no. I know. So there, there's a special occasion foods now. Special occasion foods, yes. Not, not an always in the pantry. And yeah, I think yeah, that is that would be really interesting. I, I think the difference now is that most of the food is probably the same, but I have it in much less quantities, much less quantities. And what I do. Still have a problem with is buying things in bulk, as you guys will all know. Uh, but if you went into my pantry now, you would find a hundred bags of macro snacks, right? My high protein kind of chips. You would find a hundred built bars, and you would find green bean cans of green beans and olives and bone broth, right? You would see an, an excessive amount of that. But you guys remember in the old condo, remember it had those like cabinets, those like floor to ceiling like cabinets and at the lake, the pantry at the lake, right? Oh, was we like, all know the pantry at the lake. Yeah. We all know the pantry at the lake, right? And then the fridges, remember when we used to show up for the lake weekends and you guys would open the fridges, you'd be like, well, thank the fucking Lord I brought my own goddamn cooler because I can't fit a single thing in this fridge. Yeah, yes, a right? single thing. Not a single thing. It was always, I do recall the, like, the overbuying of food for lake weekends. I would say that that was a, a difference I've seen, right? I mean, that I could I can noticeably notice that now I feel like there's a more conscious effort to not waste food. I mean, it would be excessive. Yeah, you could not, you couldn't put anything in there. You would tell us to bring things like, oh, you're in charge of dinner on whatever day. And we would bring said meal, but you had 16 meals as though we yep. were going to like either be stuck together or I, I don't know. Yes, it was, it, was, insane. It, it was insane. And before surgery, I was so consumed with food. So 90% of my brain's capacity was dedicated to food. It was either thinking about food, it was preparing food, it was eating food, it was prepping it, it was, it was wondering what I was gonna do for a celebration. And I think having that excess amount of food in my life gave me this sense of comfort. So when things went bad or when I was stressed or when I was feeling something I didn't wanna feel, I had anything at my disposal because it was always at my home. So even if my craving was a salad, which sometimes it was, I could go and make a giant ass salad and enjoy it because I had everything known to man to put in that salad. I had every dressing. I had every crouton. I had every accoutrement. I had every vegetable, right? Because it was always around me. And I think the difference is now is that when I, when those moments of panic strike, I have my go-to foods now, right? I always have hard boiled eggs in my fridge. I always have some, some string cheese. I always have my built bars. I always have my macro snacks, but the, the quantity is much less. And I mean, when I can only eat one thing at a time and then I'm so full that I'm in pain, my brain has finally started to make the shift of, oh, you don't need two dozen eggs. You need a dozen. That's all you need. And even in a pandemic, I don't need to panic about it because it's always there. I can just go to the grocery store, right? I can just run down and, and, and pick those things up. 
So yeah, that's a really interesting observation. That's a really interesting, yeah, noticing because I mean, you guys know, you guys know what my house and my fridges and pantries look like before. And I think you've seen what they look like after. And, and I think you would say that they are different. Yeah, they're oh. extremely different. Yes, extremely different. Okay. And so, I think too, I would always, I would say too, one more thing on that is when we would come and we'd be like, oh, the, the fridge is packed and you told us to bring all this stuff. It was always like, oh, well, just in case, or, oh, you know, there was, there was an excuse for it too. And I, and that makes me feel bad. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think the excuse was not, I mean, maybe just in case isn't an excuse because you guys would always come armed with meals, right? So we, we always had too much stuff. I think the just in case was, well, just in case I need it after you guys leave. Yeah. Right. Just in case I need it after the party. Yeah. Callie. Oh, there we go. Um, you know, and I, it, that's interesting that you brought that up. See, so coming from a single mom house that I always was at April house, like every single day, pretty much. And this pantry at your mom and dad's house was always stocked. There was not a, like, I literally can go over there and I'm like, oh, I was like, Lori's going to have my my raspberry lemonade already yeah. here and my, you know, fruit snacks. And there's always going to be Cheetos. And I know that there's going to be this in the cupboard. Like it was just a thing. And so it's interesting that you guys all bring this up because I'm like, oh, that was just the norm. I just think, I think that was like, you know, you know, parental programming um, in the sense of like, that was like the standard in your home growing up. So I just figured that that just translated to that. And like, but it's interesting now that like that, that piece also was a trigger point for you to also be like, excessively but and I think that's also something that we didn't really ever understand at least personally I never I never thought about because I'm like oh no that's just how it is like you mm -hmm. just buy because you never know who's going to show up you just have it because it could we could you know we're going to be here for the whole summer or you know and there's not any grocery stores and there's not any, I'm like yeah that makes sense but like knowing like some underlying factors now that makes there's some definitely some um some patterns that now I'm like oh okay that's interesting yeah well, and when you just said that, I was like, holy shit, you are so right. My, you guys know my mom, right? My mom yeah. has enough food to feed the U.S. Army for, yeah. for Christmas Eve. I, yeah. the other day I was over at her, at her house and I, I needed an ingredient. She's like, oh, I think I have it in the free, in the freezer. Cause you know, they boat and they didn't boat this year. I went over to her house. I opened her pantry freezer and I was like, we need, we, we, come here. I'm having an intervention with you. Yeah. Her, <laughs> freezer I was like oh my god mom what is wrong with you this is I mean it, it, instantly my anxiety level shot through the roof and I was like uh what is going on here because it was so she had so much food so much food and she even said like well you know I mean we just didn't vote and this and that and it was so interesting to me because my anxiety level rose at seeing that much food and part of it was like oh my god that is so excessive and then the other part of me was like, oh my God, it was like this moment of joy. Like, look at how much food you have. And I was mm. like, holy shit. I, it was like something connected in my brain because I was raised in a home where you had to be prepared for any event. When somebody came over, you needed to be able to prepare a five course meal with appies and dessert at the drop of a dime, because that is what you do. And holy shit, that was what I was doing. I was preparing for what if 
the king and queen stop by, I need to be able to, to have um, seafood fettuccine ready to go. But I think some of it too is part of how you're gifted and how you're wired. Like you have a real gift for hospitality. Like I'm with Callie. I literally can see the inside of your mom's pantry in my head. <laughs> yep. Like no joke. I can see it. I can hear yes. the door opening. I know exactly like the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite things as a kid was going over there and they, Lori always had the best snacks and your always. favorite. And April, you're known for that. You're known for, I swear you keep a Rolodex in your head or Rolex. <laughs> It's on my phone. It's on my phone. In her head, like of our favorite things, because we'd show up at the lake and she'd literally have my favorite things, my kids' favorite things, my husband's favorite things. I'm like, shit, how do you remember that he likes Thomas Kemper root beer? Like, how do you, you know, like weird stuff like that. And it's funny because a lot of my things in my motherhood, I do because I loved the way your mom did things. So I do weird stuff that Lori did. that Lori did. Lori, you're probably listening to this at some point. I, I do that stuff now. Like we made orange floats the other day mm-hmm. and orange floats and, and like cupcake trays, you know, like when she would do the snack tray with the cupcake, like stuff like that. And it's funny because my pantry, I feel the exact, I live my life the same way. And I'm now I'm like questioning my existence right now. <laughs> I really do. I literally, my house is prepared for any, you could drop by and I could make you a meal and you could, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. But so it's funny that some of those nuances that I know I have them in my home based on your home, because it was something I loved. I loved the structure of it and the order of it and the mm-hmm. rhythm of it. Um, and there's foods that I eat literally that will remind me of you literally. And yeah. you're probably like, you're the only person in my life that reminds me of food. I'm being real with you. Like now that I'm thinking about it, we made orange floats the other day and I literally was like, Oh, I used to love to go to April's and watch Davy Crockett and she would lay with it. <laughs> Remember Callie? <laughs> oh yeah. You know, and we, we would have orange floats or root beer floats, but I remember the orange floats, like, I mean, so it's funny because I actually do have, I'm now that I'm talking and listening to you guys, I'm like, oh, I have a lot of food memories with you a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I even think- when you told me you were having weight loss surgery, we were at a waffle house. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. oh my god i'm thankful that we can all laugh about you guys being at a waffle house (laughs) talking about weight loss surgery hey man we gotta keep it real (laughs) yes yes yep but But i had to talk to them about it too april's a huge part of their life there's this she's someone they look up to so i was actually thankful that she had the courage to talk to me about it in front of my kid i have three girls and so then my, like, well, wait a minute, mom. And I'm like, they, and just to you, they think you're the greatest thing since sliced bread. I mean, they would, you know, and I, I talk, I talk to your oldest often. We we're, we're besties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but, but well, I, it's good. It's, I, I'm very thankful for that part, I guess. So, well, and, and I think what you so perfectly highlighted is that so so much of our social lives and so so many of the connections that we make with our friends and with our family are based in food. Mm-hmm. And that's just something that happens organically or it's something that happens because that's just how you're dealing with life. That's how you're 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 living through your life. And I don't think you can separate them. 
because that's just, it's just how we connect. I think food for me was safe. And if I can equate my friendships with safety, then it's like a double-edged, you know, it's like a, a double whammy. I'm safe with my friends. I'm safe with food. Those two things come together and, and, and everything in, in the world is, is right and okay. But when you get to the point when you realize that you've got a problem with food, it can be really terrifying because all of a sudden you're thinking like, okay, well, if I separate from food, am I going to separate from my friendships? Right. And that was one of my biggest fears about losing, losing weight. I really equated, okay, if I lose weight, am I going to lose my friendships? Because that's how, that's how tied they were in my brain before, before surgery. And I think it's a big reason that people don't want to talk to their friends about it. I think it's a big reason that people don't go through with weight loss surgery is because they really think, oh my God, I'm going to become a different person. And that means I'm going to have to do my friendships different. That means my friends are going to go away. And you just don't want to risk that. I mean, I remember I had a very intimate conversation with Grady when he and I were both doing Weight Watchers at home. And we went to our Weight Watchers meeting and Grady was like, well, April just told me today she's worried about losing weight because she'll lose her friends. And I was like, you motherfucker, I told you that when we were just having this conversation with us and here you are blasting my shit all in our Weight Watchers meeting. But it took him saying it out loud to strangers for me to really go, okay, this is really something that's holding me back from doing something about my weight because my friendships with you guys are such a pivotal part of my life. I can't afford to lose them. I, I can't do that. So I'm going to hang on to the weight because that means that I'm going to hang on to my friendships, which is not logical in any sense of the word, but nothing about food addiction or food dependence is logical in that way. Right. But yet at the same time, right, we're, we're still talking about, you know, after surgery, we've all kind of had to adjust a little bit of what we do because all of a sudden, you know, now the summers are not just about like all, you know, getting together at the lake and having these huge like food blowouts or when you come over to my house, food is not the center. Right. And, and instead of being lunch or dinner or appetizers is the very first thing that we do. I might make us some tea or have some coffee or, okay, we might have a beverage, but we're going to go out on the patio and we're going to kibitz. We're going to talk. We're going to get caught up and I'm not going to offer you food is the first thing. Yeah. It's just not, it's not what I do anymore because it, 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 it can't be the thing that grounds our friendship. It, it, it's not healthy for me. It wasn't healthy for me. And I was loving myself to death and I was loving our friendships in a way that, that wasn't, that wasn't conducive to, to my health. And it, it, it's a difficult thing when all you know is your friends with food or your friends with drink. That's, that, that's a hard transition to make. Yeah, ju just not easy. So I wanna talk to you guys about how, how I told you I was having weight loss surgery. And I think Callie, you were the first one to know. And the reason you were the first one to know is because your friend, our mutual friend, Veronica, was the woman who inspired me to have weight loss surgery. So I know that when I told you I was gonna do what Veronica did, it, it, you, it would be a, a, a non-starter for you. It'd be like, oh, cool, great, when? Yeah, yeah. And I think that was, I mean, and I think, I think that's just me as a person though. I think I'm not, I don't get scared at other people's like challengers or like their pursuit to do something where I think a lot of people, they internalize it on themselves. And I didn't, and I think that that is, 
I think it's, I've listened to enough conversations about, you know, regardless of weight loss, job changes, having a family, like all of those things. And like, of listening to people, like, I think a lot of times if you tell somebody you're having it, they internalize their own struggles with their own things. And it comes out as like either negative or something when it's never really about the person. It's just about them own their own thing. And for me, I was always like, and I had heard the conversations on Veronica's side and the other side and where there was those things. And I think that like, if you're a person and like they would say, you know, a birds of a feather flock together. Right. So like, if you're people who like to eat, celebrate and do all these things, like, and that, that like, that internally changes the way that like, I think a lot of people feel like, how am I going to interact with you again? How am I going to do this? And then said, again, their own personal internal struggle. And then, so for me, I'd already seen this happen with Veronica and I was like, cool. I was like, cause I know what a humongous change that meant for her. Sorry, I have FedEx coming. So if my door gets knocked, I'm like, that's going to, it's going to happen. Um, but I saw what like a positive change that was, but I also saw how well, just of a happier person she was. And then, cause you never really, like even for her, I never really saw her as like a negative person ever, but like just like the massive amount of change that happens within somebody who succeeds within that program. And that in like, it comes through a whole mindset change. At, I mean, head to toe. And I was so excited for you because I was like, I knew that like the struggles of weight loss had always been, like, you know, regardless, you know, going on your diets and everything, but like knowing that like, that was something was like a very specific thing that actually would physically work. And to know that like, that was going to be something that would change. I was so more excited for you than anything, because I was like, cool. I was like, but I did tell you, I was like, well, you can't drink champagne. So enjoy this champagne while we're doing this. And then that, yes. was, that was like the only thing that I was like, but other than that, yeah, like, it's fine because like, I'd seen it happen and like, I'd gone out to dinner with Veronica before. So I was like, oh, we'll, we'll just split a meal, which is fine by me. Like, I like to do that anyway. And I was like, if we do those kind of things and you know, maybe we're not getting an appetizer, maybe we're not getting dessert, but we get to still sit there that much longer and really take that time and enjoy the conversation that we're always con like, and that's, you know, probably the main part is like, food is always like secondary is like, okay, where are we going to go to have this conversation? And so like that, um, that for me was so exciting. And I knew that like, what a huge change that made. And I was, I was just really excited for you. I was like, cool. Yeah. Like I didn't oh, yeah. have any kind of any of those things, but I can now knowing like what other people's personal perceptions were and their outwardly, you know, experience when you told them, I, I'm interested to hear everybody else's too, but like, I could see where that can also be like a negative thing on some people. Yeah. Well, I, I, I really debated on telling anybody. I, I struggled actually the most to tell my parents. And I, I had gone like halfway through the process and then Grady, of course, spilled the beans to my parents. He was the one that actually told them and they were a little bit miffed that I didn't tell them myself. But there is a lot of struggle that comes with telling people that you're gonna undergo this. And I think it's, it's multifaceted, right? You're, you're worried what people are gonna think about you. You're, you're worried that people are going to either judge you or judge themselves, right? Like take that as an affront to them. Like, well, I'm doing something about it. Why, why don't you do something about it? Which I never thought of at the time, but after I've gone through this talking to other people, it's like, holy shit, I never would have thought about that. And then, you know, you're, you don't want your friends to be scared for you. And you just don't, once you say it publicly, it becomes real. 
And once you say it, you're acknowledging like, okay, shit might change. And I'm really worried to lose my friendship with you. And I just don't know how you're going to react. And I don't know what my life is going to be like after this. Right. I mean, it's like when you speak it, you, you put yourself on the threshold and that's really, really terrifying. It's, it, it, it's not easy. I think Callie, you were the first one that I told and I, and because I knew of Veronica and then I think it was Julie and then Steph. And then I, Kristen, you were the very last person I told. <laughs> I know, I know. And I will tell you why. Uh, but I want to, okay. Yeah. Julie, what, what, what was your reaction when I told you? So we were, we had met for lunch in Tacoma at that waffle house off property. <laughs> you. uh -huh. You're you're always getting me to try things so I'm like okay perfect and it was really me. good it was cute. it was really it was super cute I remember yeah it was super cute mm -hmm. um so you told me then um for me I didn't I didn't have any any reservations about what you were doing I knew April you were working your ass off I knew that you had put in the work I knew you had been with the counselor I knew mm -hmm. you had you had tried everything and to me I didn't see this as a last resource I saw this as like phase two you know, like a new beginning, a new platform, act three, whatever you want to call it. It, it was, uh, okay, this is what you're doing. And I know you, you, when you set your mind to something, you do it. And it doesn't matter what it is. You do it with everything that you have. So in the years past, when you tried other things, you did those things and had success. It just wasn't the right thing for your body. And I think you had come to that place of acknowledging that. Mm -hmm. um, I do remember, I was really quiet when you were talking and I do remember you're like, Okay, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? You probably asked that like three times and I was just trying to just hear you more than anything. Um, and I remember the only thing that I, the only caution to the wind or the only thing that I said, hey, please make sure you're aware of this was your marriage. Was make sure that, you know, make sure that you and Grady are talking because I had had a friend that had had weight loss surgery and her marriage fell apart. Mm -hmm. And so just making sure that I put that out there and vocalized, hey, as long as Grady's on this, on board with you, you can do this. You can do anything. I believe like there was, I had no reservations about this, this being a next step, right? And to me, it yeah. wasn't like, I wasn't scared. I wasn't, I, I had no reservations other than, yeah, relationships are going to change. And you talked a lot about that, but because you talked through that, I could tell you were already in a process. You were already articulating shit. Everything's going to change. What am I going to do? What, how am I going to do this? But yeah. you were already there. You were already in that process. It was like, there was no stopping you. There's no stopping you when you set your minds to something, just yeah. how you do life. And yeah. so for me, I was excited for you. I'm like, I'm your biggest fan. I will yep. cheer you on. I will be your cheerleader. I will hold your hair, <laughs> throwing up your lungs. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've done that once or twice too. Yeah. You know, like, I, I mean, I just, to me, it was like, okay, we're going to do this and you're going to be fine. Yes. And your little blueberry yeah, but I asked April what, when she got done with her surgery, I was like, what's the first like solid food you ate? And that it, you know, tastes. And she said, I had a blueberry. And I literally was on a hell bent search to find a glass blueberry. I found one, but it did not come without. <laughs> and it's tiny. Then I'm thinking, oh my God, her nephew's going to choke on it. Or Stella's going to choke on it. The whole time I'm like, oh God, I'm going to kill someone with this stupid glass blueberry. Nope, nope. Uh, it's so right, me, on, right on my desk. Yeah, for me, I just, I completely in your corner. It was about you and it was about your next steps and could not be more, even in that moment, there was, that was like, okay, we're just doing this. Yep. You know, and if you remember feeling anxious, I do remember feeling like when you went and had surgery, like being on, on 
alert that day and being stressed that day and being thankful for the updates. And I do remember having those feelings of just mm-hmm. crap, it was like doing this big thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. Well, and I, and I think what, you know, when I, after I told Callie that that was kind of like my, okay, you know, my, my little boost of energy and, and I really had to get to the place where, and this was not easy for me either, because you guys know how in depth of conversations we have. And, and I got a ton of questions about this from the community. I didn't want to have a conversation with you guys. I just wanted to tell you something and then that was going to be the end of it, right? And I never in a million years thought you would talk me out of it, but I did not have the strength for a conversation. I just needed to tell you and be done with it because I was so terrified of what our relationship could look like after surgery. I didn't have the energy or the strength or the capacity to to talk to you about it. I just needed to be a statement. And I think that people in this community need to know that you can tell your friends things and not have them be conversations. You can just say, I'm, I'm doing this and I needed to let you know that. And that's yep. it. And then just and ended, ended it there. And I think because my convert, my statement with Callie went so well, it was a safe place for me. I could go to you, Julie, and just say, this is what I'm doing. Here you go. And know that you would literally sit back with that information and just go, okay, I'm just listening. I'm not going to say anything. And then to know that you could ask me a question in an area that you thought that maybe I hadn't thought of before, which was how it was going to impact my relationship with Grady. Because you guys know my relationship with Grady is pretty pretty rock solid, right? That would have been the last thing that would have been on my brain, which is probably horrible. I should probably think about my husband first, but I just don't because that's just who he is, right? I mean, that's just how our relationship is. So to have Julie go, you know, the one thing would be Grady. It's like, oh, I could handle that. I could not handle what would, what would maybe come about you and I, but I could handle, I could handle that. So that, that was, that was safe. Yeah. And, 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 and purposely done so. Okay, step. Well, and I appreciated. I, I sorry. I appreciated that you did it in a public place. Mm-hmm. Um, and and honestly, like I said, that my kids were there. I know that sounds silly, but I those three girls adore you, and I appreciated that you were both. That took a lot. It took a lot for you to even have that dialogue with me, but it was very intentional too, in the sense that you knew they were coming. Oh yeah. Well, and it's it like with- was, and I was like, okay, we're doing this. Yes. Well, it's with all of your kids. I mean, I, you know, I want to be a part of, uh, of their life and I don't want them to be scared because I knew that if this worked, which I was 99% sure it would, I was going to look different and they needed to know why they needed to know how and why, and they needed to know that I was okay with that. And that, and that, you know, they didn't have to be scared for me, but I wanted them to be a part of it. And it seemed ridiculous to leave them out of it, that, that they, they are you. So why would I exclude them from that? That just doesn't seem it didn't, it didn't seem right. So yeah. Steph, how, how did I tell you? Um, well, it's funny that you sort of mentioned, like, why would you exclude them? I guess it makes me think like, I just, why would you exclude any of your friends? I mean, I, I get that some people might be hesitant because you know what friends might think, but I mean, it's like an elephant in the room, right? I mean, like, like you're not going to come back either emotionally different. I didn't realize that at the time, but, or physically different, right? Like, 
to address that right off the bat, I actually don't remember like maybe the first time you, you told me, I remember specifically being at the lake with you um, and it was closer to surgery. So like you, um, you had all the information and I don't know how they prep, if they prep everybody this way, or if you just went and dove into the research piece about, you know, like you knew what the chance, chances of relapse were at every stage of the game, right? You, you, you could rattle off percentages. You went through sort of like, here's what week one looks like in terms of the food. So for me, I didn't have any experience, right? I don't know anyone who has done this. Um, so I had zero knowledge base. So it was almost like you, I mean, I, there was a binder and you opened it up and you walked me through step-by-step step, sort of like, here's what week one, I don't eat solids. I'm like, like at all, like not one, like nothing. That doesn't seem right. Week two, I, you know, still don't have solids. And I'm like, oh my God, two weeks. How is this even possible? Right. And then it just went through. And then by week three, I could have a blueberry or whatever it was, or baby food. You know, it just was really mind blowing um, the process. So I guess I, I thought I was really appreciative of getting, getting the how to piece um, because I, I didn't know anyone who had had, had surgery like this before. Um, so that piece was really valuable for me, just being able to see sort of what it was like. And especially because, um, I mean, it was summer, right? So you, I can't remember, was it July or August? Yeah, July, it was July. Okay, so I mean, it also immediately, it, would, it was going to likely impact our, our relationship in the fact that it was, it was happening during peak hangout lake time, right? So, you know, knowing what that looks like in terms of, you know, are you, I don't, I don't know what's recovered. Are you allowed to go in the water? Can you swim? Can you move? Can you, right? Like getting those questions answered, but I just could not imagine not, not having shared this with, with all of us, because it would have been just, I feel like more awkward on the after effect. Like, oh, by the way, I had surgery. Like, this is why I look different. Like what? And you, I, I guess I would have been offended yeah. had you not told me like, I guess, yeah. so we, you didn't feel like that was something that you could have trusted me with would have really hurt. I think that would have hurt our friendship more than taking the risk that, you know, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know why people wouldn't be, again, I guess initially I thought of it as, as someone mentioned sort of a next step. Sure. I just sort of assumed this was like the final step. Like, I guess she's tried so many other things that I, it makes sense that this is something that she would then try. Like this should be the final step because I mean, if the other things didn't work out right for your body, then this is something that, you know, I guess I didn't have any doubts that it wasn't, you know, you rattled off all those percentages of people who didn't make it, but I guess I wasn't concerned about that. I mean, I know who you are, right? And you really commit fully to a cause um, and you were well-researched. I mean, you, I feel like you really knew what you were getting into as much as you could, right? Obviously you don't yeah. really know until you do it, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm still not concerned. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't have concerns that you'll don't relapse. Maybe that's me being naive or just really knowing that you're awesome and that's just how you roll. So but that's, you'll never hear me say that again. So <laughs> being recorded. Yeah, I'm recording <laughs> yes. over again at every social gathering, just that one piece. Did you hear what Steph said? Yeah. <laughs> no, it just, it was like, it just was really eye opening for me. So I just, I can't yeah. imagine it have gone any other way or to not tell your friends seems ridiculous or loot and your family like I just don't see how after I mean I don't know I don't see why people like when you talk about the conversation piece versus like a statement I mean I don't know why it would need to be a conversation like I don't I didn't did I come to you and say gosh I don't know if I should have kids it's not uh, you a did. conversation <laughs> no I knew I've always known I was going to have the first two right so <laughs> that, 
It just, it's your body, your choice. It's not a conversation piece, what you do, what you choose to do with your life or your body, right? In the same way that I don't ask you, you know, it's not a conversation, what, if you want to have kids or not, if you want to have kids, have kids. Why you have it? I mean, yes, I'm here to talk through things with you, but not in a way of like a conversation, like you need my acceptance or my permission or right. Like fear of my judgment. I mean, it's really just, you do you. And I will, I'm just here because I like you as a person. Most days. Most days. Uh, It's because so many people in this community, so many people have friendships that are not like ours. And so many people's friends, I think, judge them for the decisions that they make. And people don't feel safe with their friends or their friendship is so unstable or so fragile that any change to the status quo means a a detrimental impact to their relationship, which is why this conversation I think is so important because there are different ways that you can go about telling people in your life that you're going to experience this. And that's why I wanted to go step-by-step because I did this all differently with you guys for very different reasons. Yeah. So I mean, I guess, I would see that. I would argue, right, that anyone that you're not telling in this capacity is probably not a true friend. So then my question to you is, did you also inform your, like, an acquaintance? I can't think of one. I don't want to call somebody out. But if you could think of, like, how was that different than, you know, I guess if this is your core, right, and and some people might not have a core like this, right? And that's, that's unfortunate, right? So then if you have people that you're considering friends, but they're, you know, like, lower tier I know we all know April has a tier system right she Mm -hmm. frequently boots me out of the top tier (laughs) like every week so I just you know when you work your way down the tier so then what was I mean like at what level do you stop telling people or how is it different based on how who these people are and your relationship yeah I I yeah, so like with all my coworkers, I sent out a a global email to everybody at work and uh right? In, in yeah, June. Yeah. And I just said, Hey, heads up you guys, I'm having weight loss surgery this summer. Probably the next time you see me, I'm going to look different. I'm very excited. And, and I, and I'm ready to, to start. That was all I said, because yeah, if all of a sudden people, when they started seeing me again, I looked very different and I didn't want to have the conversation 8,000 times about, Oh, I had weight loss surgery. I would rather say it one time, here's a statement, happy to talk to you about it. You know, if you have questions, Whereas with everybody else, I wanted to have a more intimate conversation with, or I wanted to make a statement and then kind of move forward, move forward that way. But it, it, it definitely did make a difference because, you know, if, if my work acquaintance acquaintances, if my relationship with them fluttered a little bit or changed, eh, okay. But if my relationship with you guys changed in any significant way, that was going to be a real blow to me. And that would have really given me pause when it came to the surgery. Um, it, it, it just it, it just would have. So I really felt like I needed to, to have a different conversation with each of you so that you were more a part of my journey and that I could make sure that our friendship would continue in the way that it, that it had before. Kelly, what, yeah, what were you going to um, say? This side note. So uh, it's an interesting thing because I've had, you're like now the, I think the fifth person. Mm. I mean, obviously like two of my really good friends, like, you, like intimately, you're like, you're my best friend. I've known you my whole life. And then I've had, then about, about a year ago, I was at an event and I saw this girl who I hadn't seen for a while and she looked 
like, I was just like, damn, what did you do? And she's like, oh, just eating better. Come to find out that no, it had nothing to do with eating better. She had had surgery and didn't want to talk about it. And then fast forward like two more months, I saw a girl that I had seen again. And I was like, dang, she went up, like her weight shot back up again. I was like, because she had had a significant fall and then come right back up. And I was like, oh, poor girl. I was like, she must be going through some stuff. It was relapse. And the thing is, is like, those are both two people that socially, like on social media that I know and that, that speak nothing of their experiences. And I'm wondering if that has a lot to do with like, you know, heightened relapse and not having the support system. Like you are so forthright to say like, oh, this is what I'm doing to everybody. And like, it, it's almost like, and you're going to have those bad days, but it's almost like if you don't tell anybody then nobody really needs to know that if you, if you fucked up and you decided to go back up, there's no accountability on you because it's just, nobody's telling you, like nobody knows. And so nobody can look down on you to go like that. So it's an interesting thing, you know, and I'm sure that a lot of your listeners and a lot of your watchers are probably feeling that same way. And I think that like, if they would have just been, you know, open and honest about what their weight loss, what it is, because people are going to see results, no matter, you know, you may drop a ton, and then come right back up. But like, to be very honest about like, this is why I dropped it. Not like, oh, I just ate better. Don't get me wrong. I think that that's a valid, you know, there's, there's yeah. that works, but not when you have it, you know, you're losing a hundred plus pounds in a year. So it's an interesting thing. Sorry. Correct. So that's a total side note, but I was just thinking that like, when you were nope. saying that, I was like, yeah, I can see how that the relapse goes way up without support at all because i think it's emotionally supporting but it's also accountability because people know like you're like okay this is this is what i'm doing and that can you know come subconsciously too yes and and that's always the question that i ask somebody so somebody reaches out to me and they go oh i'm just you know i haven't told anybody and i'm just so scared and i always say well are you scared because you're worried about how your friendships will change or you're scared because now people will hold you accountable mm-hmm. and sometimes people never message me back after I say that. And it's like, oh, well then that, there's your answer, right? Like you just don't want to be called on the carpet because you're not hundred percent sure that this is going to work, which I understand. I was 99% sure that this would work for me. There was a 1% chance in the back of my brain. I just thought, oh, okay, this, uh, this might not work. But I knew that if I told people, if I told people in my life that I was going to go through this, they were they were going to be part of my accountability system and and I needed them I needed you guys to be there for me it was that was just how it was had to be all right law dog how did I tell you (laughs) well we talked um you called me because you were living in Olympia at that time and I was working and so our schedules just weren't matching up so we had a very long phone conversation about it um Maybe you told me last because I'm the worrier. Um, So I worry a lot about my friends and family. Um, I know that. Um, I, uh, I was really worried. I, um, and everything that you guys have all said, it all resonates with me. Yes. April jumps in a thousand percent. She gets it done, whatever she does, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) The last thing I also remember was 3010 and how shitty that was. And so then, you know, and I'm just like, I'm worried because not about your transformation. Like, I didn't really care again, what size you are. I don't care. Um, But I was, 
I was worried that it was going to be harmful to you, that you were going in for an elective surgery, um, you know, and what they were actually doing. Like I've heard about like a lot of people, oh, they put sleeves on. It's reversible. This shit ain't reversible. No. Um, you know, and so I, I just remember being worried and I, I mean, I was happy that you, you know, that like, okay, I mean, I can't even, that's, that's kind of a lie. I can't even say I was happy. Cause I was just like, mm-hmm. okay, if this is what she wants to do, then that's what she's going to do. And we'll get through this together. Um, and then I remember I told my husband who, again, as I've said, you know, we're very close with April and Grady and he was like, we'll get through it. And I was like, but she can't drink champagne. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember my husband was like, oh, we're going to figure this out. So like that night he came up with all these non-champ, you know, all this non-carbonated beverage. And I'm like, oh my God, why am I concerned about her, the drinking, right? But I, I again, I wasn't, you know, I'd been through everything else with you. And mm-hmm. I, then I started researching because I'm a researcher. So then I was like, okay, well, yeah. I mean, and I just wanted to be supportive. Whatever you decided, I knew it was going to be best for you. Um. But I, I will say I was worried and I was worried up to that day. I, I did, I worked. I remember that day very well. I was in touch with Grady all day. Um, and all I wanted to do was see you and to like, make sure that you were okay. Um, but yeah, I was worried. That's, that's probably why I was the last one to know, but I was, it was. I mean, yeah. yeah, so it, 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 you, it's okay. I'm so thankful that I did what I did with each of you. I knew that you would worry. I knew that out of everybody, it, you would lose sleep over this. You would, it would impact your life because that's how much you love me. And that's how much I love you. And I literally told you, I think two weeks before, before my surgery. And I was dreading the phone call because I knew what it would do to you. And and I, I didn't want to cause you worry because there was no, there was no backing out of it. This was what I was going to do. But when I really started thinking about all of my relationships, you and I, when we get together, we party. We, that's just what we do. It's what we do, right? And I just thought, oh my God, what if I can't party after surgery? can't go wine tasting what if I can't do the things that we enjoy doing when we're together and it was terrifying and it was like oh holy shit this might really change things in a way that I'm not prepared for them to change and it's really hard to come to the realization that a big part of your friendship is partying and traveling and doing all the glitz and glam right doing all that stuff but that's what we do that's what we do best And it was like, holy shit, after I do this, I don't know what this is going to look like. And to say that I was not worried about that is not true. Just like what you drew. And I know it's true. You were not thrilled. You were not really happy that I was going through this. And I don't want to be the person that doesn't make my friends happy. Why why are you doing this? But I reached a point where I knew that this was the only thing that I could do to live my life at a weight that felt healthy for me. Cause I got to the point where, yeah, I could still play tennis and yeah, we could still go kayaking and paddleboarding and 5k and all, you know, shopping and all that kind of stuff. But it was getting to the point where I couldn't do it at the level that I wanted to do it at. 
right? Like I couldn't slog the 5k, even though I had trained, remember we were going to like run the, the Seahawks 5k. I couldn't do it. I could slog part of it, but I was the last one to finish. And it was like, this is bullshit. This is ridiculous. Uh, everybody else is doing something that I want to do and I can't do it. So I knew that I had to make a change. And, and I just knew that I, I had to, I had to save you from I just couldn't. And I felt horrible knowing that everybody else knew because I had to tell everybody, Kristen doesn't know, Kristen doesn't know, Kristen doesn't know. So that when it came up with conversation, nobody would tell you because, oh my God, if you heard it from Steph, Callie or Julie, you would have murdered me before surgery. But it was awful. And I remember my, I was shaking in that conversation with you and I was pacing in the circle at the, at the lake. And I was like, okay, this is, this is going to be not good. This is going to be not good. This is, this is just, you know, because that was the last, that was, you were the last domino, right? And it was like, after the last domino fell, there was no going back. It was, the surgery was coming up in two weeks and, 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 and that was going to be the end of it. And I'm, I, I'm glad that I did it the way that I did. I don't think doing it a different way would have anybody I think I, I think everybody went through it just as as they should have I, I knew Steph needed the data she and I pour over data that's what we do we have these very like you know clinical conversations but by going through those conversations with her I was learning about what was going to be coming up ahead and it was easing her mind about like what this is going to look like because we spend all of our time together in the summer so all of a sudden to go through this big change when you Steph you and I are spending most of our time together and Kristen right it's like okay, well, you guys need to know what this is going to look like because I'm going to need you to say, no, this is okay. And I'm going to need you to not question why I'm not eating solid food and why I'm eating, you know, doing this kind of stuff. So it's, um, you know, I think it's important that people know you can tell your friends differently. Mm -hmm. All in this and I think that by really catering to your friends, by really knowing your friends, you're doing your friendship a service, right? Because we were all able to talk about something that was most important to, to our, you know, to our friendships. And, and it almost set us up for success after surgery because we all knew what it was going to look like going into it. And we all knew what I was going to need from you after surgery, Right. Like Kristen, I needed to know that we were still going to have fun and that we were still going to party and we were still going to have these very intimate moments. They just weren't going to be grounded in food. They weren't going to be grounded in in those kinds of things. And Steph, I needed to know that you were going to be able to go to my binder and help me problem solve shit when and these very clinical things came up, right? Julie, I needed to know that you were going to be in my corner when my relationship got shitty, when I needed that help. And Callie, I needed you to, I, I needed you to be there for me as my sounding board to say like, oh my God, have you seen this before? Did Veronica go through this? Am I crazy? Am I not crazy? Right? I needed all of these different elements from you guys to find success after surgery. And you were able to provide that for me, even though you were scared for me, even though you were worried and, and, and a little bit hesitant. So, you know, if, if you're like me and you're wondering how am I going to tell my friends, I hope that this helped you. I hope this sparked some, some ideas and I hope that you got some insight about what, what your friends are thinking. Do you ladies, was there anything that I could have done differently to, to have made the rollout more, you know, better for you? Or do you think, was it, was it just what was needed? Kristen says, okay, Julie's saying totally good. Yeah, no, I feel like you, I, yeah, I the fact that you put so much thought into how you approached each of us humbles me. I mean, completely humbles me. 
Um, it's, it's a testament to relationship and to what you value. Um, well, so and, and I'm taken back by that. I'm like, wow, like that's amazing. Let, let's be, let's be real. This was 50% planning. This was 50%. That's how amazing you guys are. I mean, it, and it speaks to the testament of our friendship, right? That we know enough about each other to just kind of know this is subconsciously, this is what, this is what we, we both need. And yeah, I mean, I, I didn't want to lose you as friends. So I really had to put a lot of thought and effort and energy into figuring this shit out because I, I, I didn't want to lose anybody. Like I said, that was my greatest fear going into surgery. I don't want to lose my friends over, over this. So what do I need to do to make sure that, that our friendships sustain into the, into the after, right? And I'm 18 or 19 months post-op. We're still friends. We're talking on Zoom about this very intimate moment. So, you know, clearly mission accomplished. I don't think it's been perfect. I don't think it's been easy, but you know, it, it amazes me that you guys are so willing to, to, to walk with me as I go through something so dramatic and, and so, you know, life altering and, and changing. Um, because that's not, that's not easy. Right. And that's the next thing. It's kind of the, the last thing I want to talk to you guys about is, is the, the after, right? So now I've, I've lost 120 pounds. You guys have basically seen it all. You've seen me go from the before to, to the after. And I know that that changes. It, it just causes things to, 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 to look and feel and be different. So what, what are your guys' biggest noticings or wonderings or thoughts now that I've gone through weight loss surgery, that I'm, that I'm on the, the other side? Yeah, Kristen. I'll start on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I get last on everything, so I'm going to go first. <laughs> last Great. question. Beep, beep. Um, I love it. So first thing is again, and I, I think that this is a really good forum for people. So I like, you know, if you do have a group of friends, like, cause it makes you really think about things. And I never really thought about this until you asked us to be a part of this. And then I was like, shit, now I really got to like reflect on it. And like, you know, okay. You know, when I can't sleep at night, <laughs> when I worry about things, um, so I will say a couple things. Like I noticed your energy is way different. You know, the energy, like your physical energy, um, you know, you would sleep all the time. You would be very lethargic. Um, you would, it just, so I really, I think your energy has just skyrocketed, which is great. It's great for our party and it's great for our wine tasting. It's great. Cause I feel like we're not wearing you out now, you know, that you, yes. um, that, you know, we can do all day. It's not, you know, I'm not subconsciously thinking, okay, well then we got to take a break here. Cause this blah, blah. So there's that. Um, I also think that your um, platforms, so like your IG and Facebook and you just being really open about it, that also really helps. So to know what your post-op was going to be like, the first meal that I shared with you, that you were going to eat, be eating with a baby spoon, that you would only have three bites and that we didn't sit around the table and meander. So it was like, we finished our meal and we got up and we, we sat in a different room. I remember that. And I remember that that's, you know, that that was kind of normal for a while. And it still sort of is, it still is that, you know, we, we have the food in a different place. We eat, we get up and we, and we go to a sitting area. We don't sit around the table anymore. And you know what? That's good for everybody. We all don't need to be grazing on all this food all the time. Like, I mean, come on. Mm -hmm. So 
so I think that, you know, you being open about that stuff and, and us knowing that that is a part of this journey that also helps. And that I feel like that helps us support you, you know, so that we know yes. how best to make you successful. Cause you, you all, and I think that you always tell us, you know, the percentages and the, um, you know, what the success rate is and this and that and what other people, I, and it seems like you always sit, tell, at least me, you're always like, well, somebody said I should keep all my old clothes and this and that. And it's like, fuck those people. No, let's get rid of all that shit. You know, like, nope, you're not doing this shit. And who nope. are they? Cause I'm going to go uh-uh, <laughs> dog their ass about this shit. But, go stuck the rest so, of IG. Yeah. yeah. So I just think, you know, you being open and you being so willing to share, um, I, yeah, that's great. And I also think for other people like this, again, sitting here with these ladies and you and, and hearing everybody else's, um, ideas and struggles and victories with April, this has been very, very therapeutic. And it's, I don't know, it's been really nice. So that's all we, well, thank you, friend. Um, you know, we, we all go through this together, but what I have really been noticing is that the, the, the less siloed we can become, right. The more kind of open conversations we can have about, about it. We all grow in our understanding of ourselves and of who we are as a friend group and as who we are as individual friends. It's just, it's so important to know because everybody, everybody has a friend that is struggling in this area. Right. And you could be the person that helps your friend through these very difficult times. Or if you're like me and you're you're wondering, how do I help? How do I ask my friends to join me along this journey? It it does take some skill and it does take some planning and it does take some forethought. But what I have really come to know is that the more that I tell you guys, the more that I become confident that I can live my life at a healthy weight. Right, because I don't have to be worried about you guys thinking that I'm a weirdo eating food with baby spoons, right? Or, or, or I don't have to worry about asking you guys, you know, well, can we can we maybe skip dessert, or could we start here, or could we not do this, or can we get up from the table and go outside on the patio, or let's go for a walk after dinner, right? Like that's just normal now, and you guys are okay with that. You're on you're on board with that, and when I come to you and say, oh, I'm really struggling with this, you guys go. Well, have you thought about this? No, I had not thought about that because I have to get out of my head and I have to rely on the expertise that already lives in my world, which is, which is you guys. Uh, so I, you know, I, I just can't fathom going through, through it without you. And it makes me sad to know that so many people don't have that, but I want to give hope to people to say, you can create it. You can create this in your own life. You just have to be a little bit willing to have these very difficult conversations and, and come to come come to Jesus with your own shit that's going on. I was terrified to talk to you, Kristen, because of drinking. That's ridiculous because that's not what our friendship is, but it was an element. So to, you know, you, you, you just have to, yeah, you, you, you have to speak your truth and you have to be okay with it. And, and knowing that if people are really there for you, for who you are as a person, this is not going to impact your, your relationship with them. It's absolutely not. It might shift and change and flux and look a little different, but it's absolutely not going to impact it. And in my case, it's only made my relationships with you guys stronger. I mean, it, it, that's, that's my perspective. Yeah. Steph, go for it. I was actually just going to kind of comment on that, that the stronger piece, I feel like 
I just know more about your life now, not from the social media point. I mean, sure, that also helps. I mean, I see more of you on social media. Um, but no, I just, I, I just feel like, right, when else are you this open with, with your friends about something so personal? I mean, yeah, it just, it, so I feel in that way, I, I do feel, I guess, a little bit, I feel like it strengthened the relationship. Uh, and it wasn't oddly enough until Kristen mentioned it just now that, yeah, the energy piece, I didn't piece it together, but I would imagine everyone on our staff could probably attest to the fact that April never started working uh, before like 10 a.m., maybe nine, I don't know, right? But I mean, if you had an email, you didn't, you didn't email April in the morning because you knew she wouldn't be awake. Um, and now I'll, sometimes I'll shoot one out. I'll, I'll just see Seer like on the off chance. And yet she'll respond at like 7 a.m. Sometimes even in the sixes, which is unheard of. Uh, yeah, it's not to mention lake weekends. Uh, instead of sleeping until 11 or 12, right? She's now up at like, she could, I mean, we still have a late breakfast, but right. It's like a nine o'clock, 9.30, right? Like up before 10, which for me has always been the case. So I'm happy to have you. Welcome to my party. Right. Like, I've been waiting for you like for years to get up at a quasi normal time. Um, and then, yeah, even I mean, I remember even the lake weekend, this was it this summer? I don't remember. But more recently, right, even you had made a comment like getting, you know, those fun islands are a bitch to get on sometimes. Um, oh. Yeah. April, like like a, I don't even know, a swan plus a gazelle somehow like just gracefully plopped right on there. And I was like, wow, that was the most graceful. I've actually seen any human get on one of these fun islands. But in the past, you'd always struggled to get up on those, I don't even know, the, the entryway things. Oh yeah, that stupid little float. There was, there was some oh. you know, team effort sometimes, but nope. I mean, it just, it seemed with ease that things just seem a little bit easier for movement wise. Um, for you to do, which is awesome. Um, yeah. Trying to think what other changes. Uh, splitting meals. I mean, I do remember we went to a place, was it before a concert, after a concert? I don't remember what we were doing downtown Seattle, but we went to an Italian joint. Oh my God. I split a meal, um, which I don't re remember ever doing at a, at a restaurant with you. Mm -hmm. um, we would always have gotten our own meals. Um, yes. So that was, again, it's great for everybody involved because nobody needs to eat an entire restaurant serving. Those things are insane. Um, but yeah, just, that has been, it's crazy. It is. No, it's, uh, I, I remember that too. The, the, so you, you guys know my routine. I get the fun islands out. I clean them. I blow them up and then I attach them, right? I, I get them out. Well, my reward to myself is always when they're, when that's all done, I get to lay on the fun island and just like enjoy life for a little bit. And I did that this summer and it was on that freaking, the, the, yeah, the big blue one that's got that ridiculous thing in the front and everybody always fights with it. And it flips underneath, right? It's just a pain in the ass. <laughs> And I literally, right. And I remember like, like in the water and I was like, oh my God, I'm so tired from doing three fucking fun islands, but I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this. Right. And I grabbed that handle and I just like, you, you know, I, you know, your, your, your body just like braces for the work that you know is coming. And I started kicking my legs and I just, oh, I pulled myself up and I was in and I was like, holy shit this is what it's supposed to feel like. This is how easy it is. And I remember in my brain, I was like, fucking, this is what Kristen and Steph do every fucking summer. They never told me it was this goddamn easy. 
<laughs> I was like, fucking bitches, unbelievable. But then I remember that weekend, we had our Trulies. We, were, we had Trulies and our Koozies, right? And I popped right up and both of you guys were like, holy shit, I've never seen somebody so gracefully get in this. And I was like, it's the new me, welcome, <laughs> welcome. <laughs> Uh, we took so many right. pictures the other stuff didn't change right we're still hanging out we're still minus the initial change was that you were sure eating tiny baby spoons full of but you know you do you we still you still ate well i guess in the early stages you had to eat what you had to eat mm -hmm. right but i mean nothing nothing changes in terms of i mean you know for people who are wondering i mean we still get together we still have the, the same foods that we would maybe associate it's just less of them right yes. and not the constant need for snacking maybe that has changed but i mean the meals are still the same april's famous for making the bread with the what's the cheese that you oh, put on top the cheesy borson. bread yeah, yeah borson. Right? i mean that's never going to go away at least i hope not right but instead yeah. of us devouring like an unhealthy amount of bread with cheese Right. It's now the quantities have shrank down to where like if you were left wanting more, that's not a bad thing. Like, okay, cool. We'll just have it some other night. Right. Like that's just food. Nope. No. Well, and I've really noticed that it's been interesting because all of a sudden I, I mean, I, I'm totally fine with not eating the bread that I make. I love making it because you guys love it so much, but if I don't have a slice, I really don't care. And I, I've just, yeah, yeah. The food, food is no longer the, the driving thing. But what I've noticed is that when I get together with all of you guys, you eat less. You totally eat less. And, and I don't say anything and you don't say anything. And, and if you want to split a meal, we split a meal. I've also been out with you guys and you guys want your own meal. So we all we each order our own meal and I, I take home half or whatever the case may be. But I definitely have noticed that when I'm out with people, they eat less. They absolutely eat less now, which is odd because it just, yeah. Yeah, Kristen. Sorry, I have one, um, one, uh, I forget what this is called, a confession. Oh, so one time oh. we were at your house and I ate less and I was like, okay, you know, but then of course I was drinking. I'm really not an alcoholic, but I just enjoy my cocktails when I'm socially with people. And then I went to your back fridge and there was pizza and I totally stood in your back room and ate like three slices of pizza. <laughs> and I was just like. <laughs> oh my God, I'm dying. Of course, then I felt like shit because I was like oh now I'm full I should have just like left where I was at but it was so like I was just like I saw the pizza box and I was like <gasps> so just confession so you know for people out there who you know might have a friend with weight loss surgery even if you do eat less just eat a snack before you go and then eat when you get home just do whatever you need to do so, right? Yeah. Or don't be afraid to eat the damn pizza in front of your <laughs> friend that's got weight loss surgery. I was honestly worried that the boys were going to find this pizza and they were going to eat it. And I was like, uh-uh, uh-uh, it's my that pizza. Is, I found it. A, I'm eating it. <laughs> that is a very valid point. Very valid point. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> All right. So ladies, what, what was the most shocking thing that you had to adjust to after, after my weight loss surgery procedure, or was there anything shocking that you had to adjust to? Uh, I would say it's not necessarily an, an adjustment. Your raw, honest vulnerability 
has been uh, completely refreshing. It's, it's, it's a good thing, uh, but it's, it's an adjustment. Like when I read your writing or I look at your blog or different things, I'm like, wow, like, because you in the last probably 10 years have kind of morphed into this more deep, not that you weren't deep before, because you. I, I'm not. I don't want to. Oh no, 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 no! But to be so publicly, because we we would have had yeah. these conversations privately, but now all of yeah. a sudden it's like, okay, wait a minute, that was my, that was our private conversation, and now it's just out there on the ether for everybody to see. And yes, read. Just that, the the vulnerability piece has been refreshing. I think we all have demons in the closet. We all have things that we struggle with, and I think you've it's not just about weight. There's other things behind the weight. And I think you've really had to address some of those things. And people go a lifetime without doing that. People go a lifetime without doing the inside work that you have done in your journey, whether it's weight, water, it doesn't matter what the process was just, I'd say in the last 10 years, you've even been there. So then to see you go through a physical transformation, that vulnerability has almost, uh, it's almost even more exposing because you've almost, you've, you've made a conscious choice to, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to put myself out there and I'm going to do it well. And I'm going to be like, people aren't like that, April. People don't, people don't, you say the things that a lot of us think you say the things that a lot of us are like, yeah, that's, I've, I've dealt with that. Or yeah, I thought that or whatever. So for me, the biggest adjustment is just the depth. And I love it. I mean, for me, I appreciate it. I think it's, I, I, I love it. As someone who's grown with you, I love it. Um, and so that's just been an adjustment. And I think it only adds to your transformation. It only adds to your process. It only adds to the physical transformation. You now have this emotional, whatever <laughs> you, you do. And it's, I love it because you're, you know, you are a fun person to be around and you can, you can mix and mingle with the best of us and the worst of us. And to see you honest, and I feel like you're true you. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. I feel like for mm. the first time in your life, you're you. You're presenting you, the real you. They're not hiding behind weight, not hiding behind food, not hiding behind the drink or the party or the fun or whatever it is. I see you. And so for me, I think that it, I don't know, been your friend a long time and I see you. And so, gosh, I'm getting all leapy now. <laughs> that is um, not out of your character like, genuinely yeah like genuinely to see you for the first and time I, in a yeah. and I think for I think for a really intimate friend group that can be a little bit difficult because you know we we all that, that's what makes us friends is that you know we're all we're in a click right we're a squad there are just certain things that stay within us and I think sometimes when people decide to be a little bit more open it can be a little bit like but that was just for us. Or I thought that was just something that, you know, that we did. And, and it is a real struggle because that's what makes friendships special is that there are some things that are just kept within that friend group. Um, and it is hard for me because, you know, there are things that we do, uh, uh, you know, with each other. And there's things that we do in this group that are really special just to us. And it can be hard to separate those things when you're trying to help people or, or when you're trying to just, really figure your own shit out. Like what, what's the line between, well, what, what do I keep personal? What do I keep special for my friends or for my family? And then what do I share that, that helps other people? Because what I'm discovering is that there isn't anything that is not a part of my weight 
that isn't a part of every other facet of my life. My weight is my life. My trend, what I'm going through is, is, is me. So if I want to help people and if I want to make space for people, uh, I think I have to kind of share it all, which is, you know, it's a little, it's about congruency, right? Like how do I, how do I show them how to do it without showing them the most intimate parts of, of my life? And, and that involves my friendships. But if people don't know that this kind of conversation that we're having now publicly is the conversation that we've kind of always had privately, they don't know that this is normal. They don't know that this is what their friends are supposed to do for them. They don't know that this is what a friendship is. So I'm always torn between that. And again, why I say it to you guys all the time, I so appreciate your willingness to have these conversations with me. I mean, I was telling somebody the other day, they were like, God, I just, I really want to talk to my friends about this. It was about money, but I just, I can't. And I was like, what do you mean? I talked to, I talked to you. I mean, my God, you've helped me make budgets. You've helped me with taxes. I mean, you guys know how much I make before taxes, after taxes. You guys know how much I spend at Nordstrom's every month. I mean, I was like, what? How do you not talk to your friends about this? It just seems so mind blowing to me, but yet, I think that's why we've come so far in life as, as women. It's how we've come so far as women and wives and, and friends and sisters and all this kind of stuff. It's because we, you know, we do share that. And, and as concerning as it is to hear you say that, Julie, I think for the first time ever, I'm actually seeing myself in the mirror, right? Mm -hmm. When I look in the mirror, it's like, oh, that's who I thought was always there, but it wasn't only you ladies saw that. And, Maybe that was a disservice, but because of your support, I'm able to share that with the rest of the world and maybe that will help other people create the lives that, you know, that, that they want to live. I don't know. I don't know, right? All, all, all big questions. Um, the last kind of big question I have to ask you and then, and then I open up the floor because I, I want you guys to be able to say anything that you want to say. Do you feel our, our relationship has changed after weight loss surgery? Go for it, Kelly. No, I actually don't. I actually, you know, this kind of just mimics what um, Julie said was that, no, I actually feel way better. Like, I, I guess if it changes, it changes for the better because I feel like, I mean, yes, we know, I know you, I know you intimately, like I know your life, I know your struggles, I know all those things, but like, I think there was a ne next level of like that intimate conversation of like, I've, dev I've dove deep into all of this stuff and I'm willing to share my shit that I found at the bottom of this bucket. And I'm willing to share that with you because this is not something that's not going to bring up other things. Cause you know, this is just, it's a tool, but like weight loss surgery is a tool, but like, you got to fix, you got to go in and really start like the whys, like the why did, the, did I do this or like cause and effect and all those things. But like, I think for me, I feel like way, like, I'm like, I feel really honored to be also brought into the shit too, like the, like, ugh, like the ooh stuff. Nobody wants to talk about the ooh stuff, but like, that's, that's, that's where like the meat of it comes from. And like, I have a better understanding of your journey just from you going through this process because you're more open to us to say like, this is why I did this. Oh, okay. Like I didn't like, and, 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 you know, I'm like, and maybe you didn't know it at the time, but I, you know, I didn't know it at the time. And, or you did know it, you didn't want to say it, you know, I think that those are some things, you know, and I think Julie's right, like social media has brought up a whole nother side. And I'm like, and I'm always like, I knew that girl has good style, but damn, now that she likes to wear all the stuff that I she wanted to wear, I'm like, she has really good style. I'm like, I want to go shopping. 
but like two, I think like I, you know, we do our treat yourself weekend, you know, um, we do need to get back on that during COVID, but like, mm -hmm. like I was really excited to be able just to go to like shop with you at like a store without any, like, you know, any size barriers, you know, yes. like we, you couldn't, you didn't have to go here because, and, and not for me, but for you, how exciting that would have been to like go through that process and like, to be like, okay, we're going into the normal shop and there's not like, we're, we don't have to go into one specific, like small section. Yeah. for you to look at like we can look at the whole store and you'd be like yep i can do this i can do this i can do this and like for me i was like really excited for that to for that moment with you because i was like oh that's gonna be fun you know rather than of course shoes and handbags you know because mm -hmm. we love that but like you know things that like you know and, and those are the kind of things so like i'm really excited like i think that more than anything i think the change is more positive than the negative like I, I wouldn't think negative at all like not at all because I think, you know, we are, the happier we are inside, the happier and, you know, more fulfilled and more like a content for that matter with our own personal being. And I don't know if that comes with age or that comes with like process, but like, I feel like a, like just a calmer, more happier, just all around you, which was always that in my head. Mm -hmm. But like now it's just like magnified to like that much better. So I think yeah. that would, that's my personal experience. I could not agree yeah. with you more. Yeah. <laughs> I feel great. I love it, April. I, like I said, I, I, like, I feel even a more, a more of a connection to you, just that, that depth piece. And I, I not that I, I feel like I, not that you weren't deep before, not, but you know yeah. what I'm saying? Just mm -hmm. different. You, mm -hmm. you have a vulnerability and it's a, it's a sensitivity almost that maybe you didn't have before. And I love it. I always been able to you know, whatever, tell you, divulge, whatever, anything, but it's different. You have a different, it's a shift. It's a shift in your thinking, how you view the world. And it's a good thing. I see it as an incredibly positive thing. Like, and could not be more like, could not be, like I said, I'm your biggest fan. Like I, yeah. like, I that's literally how I feel because it's yeah. like, no, this is not, this is the best thing you ever did. Mm -hmm. You know? And let's see, let's, let's keep watching it. Let's keep seeing that you impact people. Cause that's the other thing too. You're doing what you do best. You're caring for people. You're, you're putting your, you're using your shit. Like Callie said at the bottom <laughs> of the and break it up and saying, okay, yeah, this is real. And we all have it. Yeah. And you're saying, here's my shit and love me or leave me. I don't really care at this point in my life. I have people in my life, you know, like you, it, it's just yeah. different. So from it, but in a completely light, positive way. And I would not have expected that. I would, I knew you would change. I knew there would be things, but the sensitivity part is huge. And I, I, I love it. I think it's great. Well, and the only reason I can do that is because I know that I've had you guys, right? Which makes me sad because so many people in this community don't have you guys. And I, I, I'm, move further down the road to recovery because I know that I can share and I can reflect and I can bounce things off of you guys. And, you know, we can have these types of, we, we can have these types of conversations because if, if your friends aren't willing to get in the mud with you, you're, yeah. you're going to be the only one, you know, you're going to be the only one down there dirty. And, and that's, it's not how you win. It's not how you find success. And we need people in our corner. We, we absolutely need people in our corner. Steph, Kristen, any any relationship changes for for us that you've noticed? 
can just see the the vulnerability, you know, you exposing yourself a lot more and what your insecurities were like, yeah, you always kind of assume that, you know, what people's insecurities are. Um, but I mean, you've really highlighted them and you've, you've put them out there. And so I definitely think that, um, you know, and now just with your energy, I feel like I spend more like quality time with you, right? Like, I'm not like, oh God, she's, she needs a nap or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, we could go like hours, oh, yeah. days. And it's just yes. like, boom, 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 boom. Yes. But yep. I mean, otherwise, I mean, you would, before surgery, you would have still tried to do that. Um, so I don't, I mean, I think if anything, it's for the better. There's nothing that has been negative about this at all. Um, and I agree. I think that you are inspiring people around, you know, whoever's listening to this. Um, I've known a few people who've, um, you know, wanted or had mentioned weight loss surgery. So I always give them, you know, east to west and give them all your information so that, you know, they can start following you because I think that, um, they're very fortunate if they can follow you and listen to you and learn from you because you you just are a wealth of knowledge and I'm thankful to be in this. I'm I'm thankful that we can that we can be their support if they don't have what I have in you guys. That's that's just the whole goal. It's just yeah. you know people people need to know that you guys exist in the world for them and that you have to work you know you you have to work on cultivating those relationships and you have to be aware and you have to be a little bit vulnerable but you know for me overcoming my fear of losing my friendships because of making the change to my weight uh was holding me back and i think people need to know that that if you're if your people are in your corner if they're willing to get dirty with you if they're if they're willing to to have conversations with you then they're going to be the reason that you're successful you know, for, for no other reason. And, um, and if, if this conversation today helps you cultivate those relationships, help you have those conversations or helps you make those statements, you know, to, to the people in your life and, and gives you a starting place to cultivate that relationship, then, then by all means do it because you only grow in your friendships, the more vulnerable you become, which is very hard to do for some of us. And you don't have to just lay it all out there at one time. You can, you can piecemeal it out, right? Like I kind of piecemeal it out with, with you guys, but that's how you, that's how you start a friendship. That's how you start a relationship. You give them a little bit and, and then you, you run with that and, and you keep feeding into that, into that discussion. You keep feeding into that conversation and there's nothing wrong with saying, I just need to tell you something. I, I, I can't talk about it, but I, I just need to get it out there. Right. Or you can also say, I want to talk to you about this very specific thing and, and just run with that that uh, there's so many places that you can start uh, and there's so many places where where you can find the support if you just uh, g- g- give a little bit of, of yourself well ladies I don't know about you but that was uh pretty transformational <laughs> what's new but before we end it is there is there any little piece of advice that you would pass on to somebody who's listening and they really want to have a conversation with a friend, but they just don't know where to start about their weight loss surgery journey. What's one little piece of advice that, that you would want to pass on to them? Do it scared. I love it. Do it scared. Callie? I was going to say, and don't, don't always think that your friends are going to have a negative idea. Go into it with a positive because some of the things that you kept saying, you're like, I was nervous and I was nervous. And I would be like, and as a friend, I'd like, why? Like, you know, why would, 
why? Like, I'm here for you. So like, remember that your friends are, you know, they, they want to be supportive. They just need you to share with them. So. I love it. Steph. Yeah. I would, I would say the same thing. Um, just, I mean, being included as part of your journey was, I feel was important. It like, you know, it just, it felt like then I kind of knew how to support you if you needed support. But I mean, yeah, I mean, that, that would, that's just the advice, right? Walk them through what's going to happen. Like I said, I really appreciated having, having, you know, knowing what was, what was it going to look like with, with your food? What was the future going to look like? What are things that you can and can't do immediately after and, you know, sort of more long-term, um, but yeah, just being included. Like, I just can't, I mean, I think not everyone's going to be comfortable being as vulnerable as you are, which um, I'm like, if it were me, I, I can't be like you are. Like, that's not my, that's not who I am. I don't like emotions. I don't have any, I don't think. So, um, <laughs> so I can imagine that would probably be really difficult for people, right? To, to have to have some ability to be vulnerable with their friends. Um, about about something like this. I guess that would be my advice is kind of a, along the lines of do it scared, right? I mean, push yourself to be as vulnerable as you can be and then push just a little bit further because the more you include your friends and family, I just think the more support you'll have overall. And I mean, if nobody knows, it, I mean, that's your prerogative, but it feels a little bit like a lie. And how are people supposed to support you if they don't know how? And if you're not being honest with them, I mean, it feels like there's just not a lot of mutual trust back and forth, so. Good luck. <laughs> you are so brutally honest. I love it. I love it. <laughs> what about you, girlfriend? I would say, you know, just you got to be, you got to be true to you. You have to be true to yourself. And, you know, um, when you, whenever you step into a hard conversation with anybody, whether it be friends, family, coworkers, you know, enemies, I don't know, um, you got to be true to yourself. And really, at the end of the day, it's your decision. So who gives a shit what other people say? If that's what your decision is, and that's what you want to do, then do it and and own it. You know, at the end of the day, own it and just be true to you and do it scared. I love it. I lo that's going to be my new thing. So do it scared. Yep. And you know what? And be true to yourself. I am amazed always at the wisdom and knowledge that exists when we get together. You guys know how smart you are? You're super smart. <laughs> you guys are amazing. I said it, I don't know how many times, but I could not have gotten it, gotten this far without you. And I don't plan to do any part of my life in the future without you. So thank you for allowing me to be me. Thank you for, for guiding me through my, my transformation. Thank you for getting in the mud with me. Thank you for encouraging me. Thank you for just being there uh, in, in my corner. And I know at times that's not easy. I know I can be uh, a lot. As Terry Turner says, I can be a strong cup of coffee, but you guys are always there. You are always always there. You are a text message, you're a phone call, you, you are a short drive, you are a letter, you are a, a, a glass blueberry away. Uh, and I very much mm. thank you for, for all of the love and support that you guys have given me. You mean the world to me. 
Thank you everybody out there for listening and watching. I know this is like the longest episode we've ever done. Uh, I hope you found it as valuable and insightful as, as, as I did. Uh, if you enjoyed what you were hearing or seeing or watching, please like, share, subscribe, download, send it out to, to your friends and family because the more that we can grow uh, our support of this community, the, the more support that we can just offer right back. So we do this because uh, we find value in it and, and we hope you do as well. So we very much appreciate your, your continued support. And as we always end every episode, usually J Jason takes us out, but I will take us out uh, this time around. Just always remember, you've got this and we've got you. Thank you so much, you guys. See you soon. Bye, friends. Thank you. Thanks for joining. <laughs>